0: Welcome to Amelia Baptist Podcast, where we discuss church life, theological questions, and cultural influences. Our podcasts are available via Google, Spotify, Apple, and many other podcast platforms. We hope you subscribe and enjoy today's episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another roundtable here at Amelia Baptist. I have Dylan Whitaker with me today, and we're going to be discussing uh, what we think is a pretty important, uh, pretty Uh, relevant topic, especially right now, sort of going into the summer, Um, Christians in college. We're at that graduate season, and this is going to involve a lot of different situations. But one main one, um, when you say goodbye to your kid for a short period of time because they have graduated high school and they're possibly going to a four-year college, public university perhaps, or they're going to a private university, but they are leaving the nest and they'll be taking on more responsibilities and they may even be going out of state. And so there's this huge change. And so we're going to be talking about preparation, some things, some biblical principles that we can bring to the table that maybe hopefully makes this uh, make more sense and can encourage those parents and those students who are possibly going through this. And if you are sitting there with your two or three-year-old going, well, this round table is not going to be very relevant to me. I, I would second guess that. It's never too young to start. Right? <laughs> All right. I think this is part of the problem. And we're going to get into that yeah. a little bit is that we're not starting young enough. Right. And with this might explain some of these statistics that we'll be going over today now now we all possibly have been to a graduation ceremony at our church it doesn't necessarily have to be at a baptist church or you've had some celebration or you maybe have um brought all the graduates up and there's nothing the teenagers like more than standing oh, yeah. up awkwardly. 17 year olds just uh, love being in front, in front, of, front the, of the entire like, church. congregation they love it yeah. so we know they love it and we've done things in the past where we have um given them a gift right and I think there's been jokes made of this is how we're taking care of this age group. We are bringing them in front of the church. We're praying over them and we hand them a book. Yeah. And, and that's going to be <laughs> fix everything. Right, eh? and that's all. That's it. And uh, I think it's fair to say that this is the forgotten age group. This eighteen to twenty eight. I think people have can have college ministries. I believe um, a lot of my friends at different churches in in the nine hundred four man they have great college college groups and they're trying really hard. But if we're if we're serious, if we're being honest, for years, decades. We've sort of said, okay, we'll get you to high school. When you come back from college and you find a nice girl or a nice boy and you settle down and you start having babies, we have everything now you need. Now we have. Yeah, yeah, we have everything you need. And it just doesn't cover enough areas of life. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing differences in culture. And I've said this before, and I'll probably say it again, but the world's changing. So don't be um, surprised when your game plan changes right. with it. And So we want everyone to be encouraged and prepared, but also to really think about maybe some hard truths um, the truth is, some are staying home where there is more accountability. Some are attending Christian schools, but let's be honest, some Christian schools can feel and, and be as secular as public universities. Just because it has a Christian name doesn't right. make it Christian. We, we don't need to assume those things, and there are no guarantees. So so the talk will be general, of course, but we're going to narrow it down to some specific, specific situations. So what are some great things to walk out with your graduating seniors headed off out of the nest? And there's a major question here. If you were about to go into college— Will you lose your faith like the majority of your peers? There was a Babylon Bee article recently. Have you seen yes. this?
1: No, I haven't seen it, but of course we all know that the Babylon Bee is the the perfect place to find information for <laughs> statistics, just like Wikipedia is for all other information.
0: I go to the Babylon <laughs> Bee for all my news. <laughs> Everything that's going right. on is Babylon yes. Bee related. This is how we know how the um, church, the health of the church. For those of you who aren't aware of the Babylon Bee, which what rock have you been living under? Mm. It's a satire uh, site, so none of it is supposed to be very real, but it is pointing and making jokes on yeah. real things.
1: Unfortunately, this one actually is kind of hits home. Yeah, this one was all over more. the
0: internet yesterday. Local Christian parents pay university $100,000 to totally destroy 18 years of their hard work. Um, we read that. And we laugh. And we laugh. It's, I get where they're going. Yeah. But there is some seriousness to this, right. and I, I want to make sure we're very clear. We're not. This is not an anti-college roundtable. Mm-hmm. This is a pro-preparation, anti-foolishness roundtable. Um, we, we, we are against that type of uh, foolishness that brings f- serious consequence, and there is such a way in which our students can be very quickened to the ways of the world when discipleship is abandoned at such a detrimental time in their life. This is, this is 18 to 28 specifically this season. A survey done by Summit Ministries. We have our friend Elizabeth who's part of that throughout the summer, Elizabeth yep. Treffin. Through a cooperative institutional research program recently found that 59% of students leave the faith during college years. Uh, this is, first of all, incredible it's and not crazy. in a good way. No. This has increased in the last 10 years from 33%. This is dramatic and deserves the church's attention. And that's a serious statistic there. I would say 60%. I mean, that's you know, three out of five are very, either questioning and the fact or that it's leaving. It's grown
1: that much in the last 10 years. You know we I mean? are
0: seeing an amped up sort of postmodern right. society uh, removing the idea of objective truth and with that the way the truth and the life and the gospel. And we're going to be addressing some things theologically mm-hmm. here because when I say um, a student has abandoned their faith, the first thing is, well, they're leaving it because they never really had it. Well, you're 100% correct. If you're leaving the faith or you're denying the Lord, there's a great chance biblically that you never knew him because we know we can't lose our salvation. But there's a few solutions we need to look at if you're encountering this problem or if you're pretty concerned about the next four or five years of your kid's life. Um, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 says, Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. And this means Christians confirm their calling according to to their yield of fruit in their life, to what they produce. This is out of Galatians 5.22. Your faith will yield good fruit. So theology matters in a sense that part of the problem that contributes to a statistic like that is that we've made so little of salvation, especially in evangelical circles. And not enough of discipleship that coincides with the biblical definition of salvation. Yeah. Um, and this may be one of the most tragic ways uh, that mistake has worked out is in the life of these millennials. It
1: reminds me of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, or, or not the Sermon on the Mount, at the end, uh, when Jesus is the Great Commission. You yeah. know. Matthew 28. Uh, mm-hmm. Talking about going into all the world. And so many times we focus on the, the beginning of that command, which is... Right the gospel where the gospel is being shared and we forget that it says go into all the world and make disciples yeah. and the discipleship, the continuation, uh, it's not just a one, one and done. Right. Uh, like you, you know, you say there is there's difference between discipleship and, uh, just converting people. Yeah. Um, and, and so that growth in there, uh, is a vital, um, right. especially for the solid foundation that we see and yeah. need, uh, leaving and going into, a secular environment right. um like a college um where you know most of the time it's it's anti-god you know yeah. we we want to say it's they want to say it's neutral but so many times it's not you right. know so many times it's out to destroy the faith Yeah um, that at that very has been least insane. diminish right.
0: or second guess or doubt right. or create unhealthy doubt mm-hmm. um so it's Aim for disciples, not converts. If you aim for converts, you only get converts. If you aim for disciples, you'll get converts and disciples. Yes. Um, this, is, this is why Jesus worded the way he worded it. Um, our faith isn't worked out. It's not something that we do based on merit is what I mean. Now, our faith is worked out in the sense of fear and trembling and understanding, yielding the fruit of salvation. Right. That's what that means. It doesn't mean that we work our way into salvation. So I want to be very clear. We're not talking about doing enough right things to where God's going to bless you. We understand from Ephesians 2, 8 through 10 and other passages of Scripture like that, that this is a work of the Lord, that when you're saved, it's, it's the Lord, but evidence of doubt salvation. That's why discipleship is always the goal. I would word it this way with our students. Work your way to, to be a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Be obedient to his commands. That's how God knows we love him. And in doing that, you'll hit salvation. By the power of the Holy Spirit, through faithfulness and the ministry of the Word, according to First Peter, there will be salvation. And you know what you do after salvation? You keep being a disciple. You work that sucker out. You keep going your whole life, and it it's shows your life whole process. life. This is not a lesson for students. Mm-hmm. This is a lesson for parents having students, and those students, right. and the grandparents watching the parents. I remember once to tell
1: me, he's like, if you are not learning every, you know anything and continuing to grow uh, in the Lord, uh, you might as well be dead. Basically, yeah, uh, um, yeah. So, why why are you living? It's you know? a great <laughs> encouraging really. uh, sermon. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, we should be learning up to the day that God calls us home, um, yeah. and then remaining see, teachable. Uh, you know. We see him as he is at that point, <laughs> right?
0: Until you see the face of the Lord, you're working out this salvation right. with fear and trembling. But that's what they mean: this this sense of a love for the Word, love for the Lord, love for His people. So we want to be very clear. The reason why we start everything off with a good theological perspective to this problem, to this Christians in college and and being somewhat of us maybe be uh, feeling anxious and fearful over this time period, is you need to remind uh, your your kids and you need to remind yourselves: you can't lose your salvation once you meet Jesus. You can't unmeet Him, and only the Lord knows the heart, but the world will see the behavior. So even though you can't lose your salvation, you can fall in the flesh and you can learn the hard way that you are not immune to the consequences. And I think a lot of this is because the church in the U.S. has sort of nursed this notion that you can be saved by Jesus but have no interest in his word or his bride. And we've got to fix that. That can't be happening because it's foreign to Scripture. And the whole concept, really, of thinking you can believe in Jesus Christ but not behave like you believe in Jesus Christ or not work these things out or chase Christ or be a disciple is because you believe you've walked an aisle, you repeated a prayer, you've accepted Jesus, and so parents are like, okay, let's chase extracurriculars, let's chase studies, let's chase everything else because you're good with the Lord. No, you're forgetting that disciples is the aim, and that is a lifelong process. Everything else has just been completely self-consuming or constructed to justify the worship of the creation over the creator like we see in Romans one. And so man, that's a real check yourself before you wreck yourself situation. And we see that there's been a lot of wrecks with 60% of students in the last 10 years turning their back on the faith.
1: Now, I want to take this second to ask you a question here. And, you know, there's probably some people that are going to be listening to this. Um, that yeah, you know their their children are actually in college right now. Yeah. Uh, they didn't prepare them necessarily the way that you know they feel like they they should have, or biblically we see. Yeah. Um, or their kids might be one of those statistics um, of that sixty percent that turned, left they, to faith. Back faith, right? faith, you know, they're out of college, they're in the workforce, and they've turned their back. Um, well, what can we say to those um, parents or grandparents even? That you know the hearts are breaking because um, there's a lot of self condemnation. Sure. You know, uh, I didn't do it correctly. I should have done better. Sure. Um, you know, th- their hearts are broken because the the kid that they loved is you know rebelling and turning their back you know yeah. on God. Yeah. Um, what what kind of encouragement can you give? What kind of advice um, to, to those people? Because you know we're talking. Specifically to people about to leave for college yeah, or, yeah. or people you know, in, in high school, parents who have kids in high school that are trying to prepare them for that, the launching from their home. But uh, we, there are quite a few, like we, you know 60% there, yeah. um, who are already in this place.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great question. I think first and foremost, it does seem like a cop-out answer, but it's the most powerful tool Christians have, and that's never stop praying. Mm -hmm. Um, Pastor Neil always says you pray so hard, even to the point of your death, because you may not see the fruits of your labor, but it doesn't mean God's grace isn't bigger than our biggest sin, man. So just keep praying, uh, keep hoping, keep pushing the word, showing them the word, living the word out. That is the most important thing. It's just being that witness, the steadfast, loving, encouraging witness and being there for your fellowship. Like this is important. Mm -hmm. Uh, outside of that, I think it's very helpful to be transparent, with the areas in which there were shortcomings uh, to a responsible point of degree to a level of discernment, be, be very honest, yeah. humble, realistic about, man, we just did not do these things the way we're supposed to be doing them. And they see you in that light. And, and I think at the very least that could eliminate the odor of any self righteousness that they may be looking at and maybe comparing with the ways of the world in which they fall in love with. Um, and so that, that's why we start with theology uh, when it comes to answers to these questions and what we can do to better prepare, uh, for this season, or if we're in this season, how we can adjust. Um, but a few other solutions, first and foremost, uh, to the parents. We really encourage those listening with small kids to prepare from the moment you're born. Students, we need to remain open to instruction, absolutely. But let's be honest, 18 is just a number. We're talking about maturity here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a, there's a misconception That I've seen a lot in our culture, and I think parents will hear this and go, "Well, come on, you know, this sounds very anti-college. This sounds very fear mongering." Um, Sometimes kids just got to sink or swim, and they sort of pontius pilot the thing, and they just wash their hands (laughs) of it. Uh, I just got to be honest. I call bunk on that. There's no way. We don't helicopter our parent our kids. That's not what we're talking about here. Um, But we need to take sin seriously, and we need to realize. Every adult, even our kids, need accountability and discipleship. And to be very honest, if you aren't for your kids having that level of accountability and discipleship, you probably don't have it. So let's stop acting, again, like the world can't change. It totally changes all the time, and we need to adjust according to the biblical principles we've been taught. So with that said, God is sovereign. There are no sure things, but we need to be giving this our best, and, and maybe parenting is just and, part and, of the issue.
1: you know, biblically, we don't see parenting in at a specific uh, date or time. Like Basically, to this 18. Point. The you what know, we see in Scripture through 18. is we
0: see children obey your parents, yes. but we never say, we never hear adults obey their parents. Right. We see adults honor. So right. you're always honoring your parents. Yes. But um, from the parents' standpoint. But from the parents' perspective, you are still parenting. Uh, it's what Fritz Klump used to say, uh, the guy yeah. who led our men's ministry here at ABC, right. used to say, I got good news and I got bad news for you. The good news is, or the bad news is, parenting is forever. And everyone went, Oh my gosh, all I'm thinking about is just like I have I have I'm a in seven throws of it right, right now. I have a seven year old, a three year old, and a two year old, and everyone looks I mean, it's all chaos, right? It's just right. total chaos. They look at our lives and they're like, oh just wait. Because they're thinking of these teen years and, and parenting young adults. I have people telling me the hardest thing they've ever done is parent a young adult. Yeah. So I totally see that these different seasons, you know, bring different challenges. But they'll say the good news is parenting is forever, and Fritz's point there was to basically say you've been given these opportunities until you are dying day Yes, to be a good parent. And I think that's very encouraging to it's hear. It's never too late. It's never too late. Like you can right these wrongs. You just got to try. You just got to do it. Faith needs to so make So you got the sovereignty of God mm-hmm.
1: that is there mm-hmm. and is, you know, um, able to do miracles yeah. literally. Um, and then you have the responsibility and role that God has given parents right. to continue to parent to the, you know, the time he calls them home. Yeah. And meshed together um, is what we're talking about this continued discipleship, this continued mentoring, this continued parenting, um, while at the same time relying on the sovereignty of God, crying out to God, right. praying. Exactly. Um, and, and For these, your kids.
0: Yeah, and these two, uh, we're moving in from that theology and that command and charge to the parents involved to a bit of a practical theology. Mm-hmm. One is this. Your kids need to be involved in a local Christian community or a nearby church and a nearby church and participate in a Bible study, if not a campus ministry like Baptist Collegiate Ministries or Navigators. UNF has Navigators. They're even moving to FSCJ now. You have a relationship with your pastor before you go, and your family needs to be looking into this to where you're set up. I'm not talking about you get there, you give it like set, you know, let's just give them a couple months to adjust. Mm. A couple months is enough time to develop a terrible habit. Um, Kevin DeYoung said of all the decisions you will face this year the most important one may be whether you get up and go to church the very first Sunday when no one is there to make sure you go to church that is a brilliant thing to tell your high school senior before they take off for college because it could not be more serious you do not prioritize your studies over discipleship uh, there are worse things than a B there's worse things than a C yeah. in a class yeah. And I think sometimes, sometimes I think parents have a more bigger problem with that than than students do. Right. Uh, accountability. Which is really a gut check. Yeah. You know, is, yeah. Is
1: it more upsetting when your kid gets a B or C in a class yeah. than when you look at your kid and you see that they're not spending time with the yeah. Lord? They're not having regular prayer time. They're not having fellowship uh, with other believers. It's not just this, yeah. oh, I'm going to read my Bible and then I'm good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the Bible calls us to have fellowship together. Um, yeah, with and it's and not an excuse believer.
0: to not do everything to the glory of God. Yeah. It's not saying, man, don't, don't care work about your studies, your heart only is, focus yeah. on, you know, your Bible study. Not, No one's saying that, okay? What we're saying is... Priorities have gone astray, and we're seeing the fruit of it.
1: And I will say, if you know people have questions about, well, where can I go to church um, when I'm at this area? You know, contact us. Yeah. Um, you know, we have connections and you know areas around the country.
0: This is something um, pastoral and, staff needs yes. to be more involved with than parents. That's an encouragement to all the churches. Man, stop! Don't do just the Sunday morning. Let's acknowledge them. Let's pray for them. That's fine. Do that. Hmm. Give them a, a book to read. Okay, Amen. Don't stop there, though work to set these kids up. You're setting them off on a place where we're losing them. That's just the facts. This is not hyperbole. This is an understanding. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. This is what's happening in the country. So if they see parents prioritize everything over the local church and mission before they were 18, then how do you think they will behave after they turn 18 and they're on their own? We tell our kids where to turn with our lives, not just our words, because we can say the right things to our kids all the time, but they're looking at our lives. They're seeing what we do, and they're going to do that. They're going to be more leaning towards that. So remember, we have to be very honest and real with them about this decision, but set them up. Set them up. Kids are leaving unprepared in a culturally Christian world and the church must be wise here. And that brings us to our last point. Um, again, I know it sounds like something you hear every Sunday, but it cannot be more important. Be in the word, eat the word. According to my buddy, Nate Pickowitz, read the Bible and pray. It's simple enough, right? But apparently it's not. If you're a Christ follower and if you are attending college this fall, here's what we know. Your faith is at great risk defend it by living an active faith. This does not mean that there are worthy opponents to the kingdom of God. This does not mean that someone is greater outside of the Lord. If you have the Lord Jesus living within you, you will not ignore his word or his bride. You will want to seek the things of God. You may have rough seasons. You may have rough patches. But man, you want the Lord and you want the things of the Lord. But if you're showing zero fruit... And you're in these predicaments. You need to dive into discipleship like you've never have dived into discipleship before. It could not be more important to work this faith out to see what's truly happened in your life. Confirm your calling and election in Christ Jesus by living out this faith of works. This is what James was talking about. This is why Romans and James are not enemies but bedfellows. This is why it's so very important to know that you have to have the saving faith that comes from the Lord but it's worked out in fear and trembling. Remember Ephesians two, eight through 10. We walk by faith and not by sight. We have this faith that was given to us. Uh, that was not of our own work. So no one's boasting in this, but we know that there is evidence to a faith. And I just want to say, it's the Lord that holds us fast. I want to reiterate, we cannot lose our salvation, but we as people of God will chase the Lord as he holds on to us. And just remember greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world.
1: Yeah, and one of my favorite um, stories is in Daniel, and we see uh, uh, several young men that have been carried away to a pagan culture, and uh, they're being educated in the pagan philosophy uh, of their time there. But within that, you see um, a desire and a passion for the Lord that grounds them within that Pagan study um, there, and we see them uh, standing up even unto death, mm-hmm. um, and um, you, or the threat of death yeah. uh, there, basically, and um, just the amazing uh, testimony that was, and uh, you know, a huge chunk of what we see, whether it's prophecy or, or what happens, comes from the book of Daniel, and that they were in a pagan culture, studying pagan philosophy um, and, and ideologies. And yet they were able to stand fast and yeah. hold their faith, and so I think that's an encouragement for us today as Christians, um, as Christian college students going in. That it is possible to walk that walk to to you know hold our faith um, in the midst of. Um, a hostile environment. Yeah, I think it. it's such
0: a relevant book for this age period, uh, yeah. for this grade. And then I'm so glad that we, and our student ministry here at Amelia Baptist will be tackling the book of Daniel come August. So mm-hmm. wonderful, uh, incredible book. Read that before you go to college um, as well as just spending time on the word and, and having these devotions you cannot put a price on them. Um, also too, just to, to end here, accountability will free you up to be true ambassadors of Jesus Christ. You know, this is what's so important about being a part of a local assembly, serving in a church, not just finding somewhere you can sneak in, sneak out, go unnoticed right. and right back home to mom and dad. Oh, I, I attended. Which See, if you I want to understand going,
1: the importance of that, go back and listen to the last right. few roundtables we've done. Exactly. And the last uh, two about
0: uh, church membership and uh, um, church
1: involvement, church involvement, you know, culture
0: Christianity, right. these last four or five. And so I'm not saying you, you don't need to attend a bigger church. I think really biblical bigger churches will be about their small groups and understand that, that accountability is a function of the church and vulnerability. Yeah. So I'm, I'm saying you need to seek that. Even if it's hard, you need to seek it and you need to prioritize it even over your grades. Mm-hmm. Um, growing the kingdom at an age where 46% of this generation are professing agnostics or atheists. The mission field is ripe. So the encouragement to the students listening is you don't just need to survive. You need to thrive. Yeah. Is there anything you want to say to yeah, the students I do. for that because um, you're closer to this age than I am. So,
1: you know, I, I feel like that, balance is is key here um understand what your priorities are yeah. uh you know f- one thing for me during my college time was i wanted to make sure that i did ministry that i was involved mm-hmm. um, while also studying uh that i kept that priority in there and understand that it's not just about me going to church on sunday but it's about uh me serving also within my local body of mm-hmm. believers um you know it talks about iron sharpening iron and so just like you sharpen me when we have a discussion, mm-hmm. and then I hope that you're able to learn from me. Absolutely, um, you know the same thing happens as we fellowship together yeah. uh, as a body of believers. Um, and then the second thing I would say is, you know, not everybody goes to college um, right right out of high school. Uh, some people are finished with college. Some people take a gap year. Some people go straight into the workforce. These principles that we just laid out here um, go beyond the college years right. and go beyond a uh, college experience, yeah. and they're applicable to the workforce um, because Absolutely. just in, as in college our faith uh, can be under attack it can be same thing in a secular workplace yeah. um, a great and, point. You know, the, the stress of that um, and these principles God calls us to be in fellowship God calls yeah. us to be discipled God calls us to Um, be in ministry, to minister. Um, And so we need to keep in mind that this is not just applicable to college students. Um, This is really uh, keys and principles that we see throughout the Scripture that apply to all of us.
0: Yeah, make sure your uh, student has a great uh, commentary Bible gospel coalition, or I'm sorry, the transformation Bible, gospel transformation Bible, as well as the English standard version uh, that we have um, here at our church. would love to see one of those in the hands of these college students with a great commentary. Um, don't waste your life by John Piper. Yeah. It's a great book. And then getting over yourself is a new book by my buddy, Dean and Sarah, that really goes after this idea of true discipleship in the world of pop Christianity, a behavioral modification cloaked in Christianity. So pick up those books. They're amazing. Uh, and we would love to see a generation of people thriving in Jesus Christ at these colleges and watching them be transformed by the witness. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Be a Daniel. Wouldn't that All be great right. to be a Daniel? Absolutely. We'll be a Christ who follow, yes. Daniel followed, right? <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. Uh, Dylan, thank you so much, buddy, yes. uh, for being here. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate your wisdom. Um, everybody listening, remember, we are, of course, there's a video on YouTube if you want to watch that great. But we we're on Spotify, um Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And when I say Apple Podcasts, we actually are on Apple Podcasts. We now. just found out this we week. We just <laughs> found out.
1: Obviously, working. we're not uh really doing enough <laughs> Real to make savvy. Apple mad at us. Just like it's so. on. Yes, yeah,
0: so we need to be preaching <laughs> so the gospel. We're going to up the no way, way more seriously <laughs> just, so we get kicked off of these platforms. Right. But um, until we do, we'd love yeah, you to subscribe,
1: listen. share with your friends. Uh uh You know, it helps get this out to people um, who are looking and searching. And that's our goal is to encourage Christians and believers with these cultural topics and also reach those outside of ours. We have some great
0: roundtables coming up, too. Um, And it's important uh, to have these conversations and to really hopefully have that impact. But we have uh, Ted Schroeder, Pastor Ted Schroeder, who um, who was taught under John Stott. Uh, it will just be an incredible thing. I'm he so excited Neil, for He and that. Neil yeah. it out. I can't wait to see that. And then Pastor Brian Winburn from mm-hmm. Spring Hill Baptist Church. Man, that man can preach. Uh, he is a wonderful friend, good man of God. Uh, we can't wait to have him on to talk about uh, what it looks like to um, fight for biblical church and biblical Christianity in a world that just wants a show. Yeah. So we are excited for the, the summer. I hope you guys have a wonderful time. Tune in, stay tuned, and share these. We would really appreciate it. God bless. See you next Friday. See you next Friday. Thank you.